Hey, it's Mackenzie Atwood coming at you again with the Steven Universe podcast. I'm in the writer's room at Cartoon Network Studios in Burbank, California, and today's show is all about the production process. How does an episode get from conception to the finished version we all see and love? We're going to find out from some of the crewniverse who were instrumental in the process. I'm talking about producer Jackie Buscarino, production manager Lisa Zunich, animatic editor Lauren Hecht, animation director Nick DeMeo, and of course, show creator Rebecca Sugar. So starting us off today, producer Jackie Buscarino and production manager Lisa Zunich. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks for oh, having yeah. us. Yeah, so let's jump right into it. Um, I was hoping uh, you guys could just give us a shortened version of the different stages of production for uh, an episode of Steven Universe. Well, for starters, I wanted to point out sometimes maybe the listeners when they're like, what's taking so long or how come episodes aren't airing? It's um, for our schedule from boards to delivery is a 39 week schedule. So that's just to make one episode is is almost, it's like uh, almost 10 months. So it's like a little baby. It's like making a paint. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So our writers come in. Uh, they write the idea. We've got the storyboard. So the storyboard artists come in, write the episode out. That takes about five weeks. We've got the board. Once that's approved, we record it. Um, after we record it, then that's when we do an animatic, which is like a moving storyboard um, of all the pieces of how it's going to look and mm-hmm. the feel of it. And a lot of things are addressed in there and a lot of notes and things there to try to um, you know, polish it up. And then that's when our design team, we, we break it, we break it down. We break down, um, from the animatic. We make a conformed board from that. Are you listeners falling asleep yet? <laughs> um, <laughs> so the and then we come in really early then. Yeah. Too. They do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's interesting. Right. So then our design team comes in and designs the whole episode and then sheets and checking. And then our first shipment, which is black and white shipping comes in two phases, which is shipping first and then color. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's overseas being animated for, I had to write this down, uh, for 14 weeks. So they're assembling everything, putting the whole show together, um, sending a kind of a finished package until we get it in our hands, review it, start again making tweaks and changes Mm -hmm. and, and calling retakes. Um, and then it goes back overseas for a little bit for them to address those <laughs> things. And, and then it comes back and we do, um, you know, our music by our beautiful composers and sound effects and all that good stuff. And then we deliver it to the network. And then it goes on TV. And then it goes on TV. God, that's a lot. I know. It's a lot. That's and that's for every steps. episode all overlapping, at, you know, when you, especially yeah. when you pick up a whole uh, season. So it's intense. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think that people would be confused just because, like, they're like, nine months? What is that? But, like, you know, you don't also take it to account that, like, not only are you doing all these things, you're doing, like, ten different episodes at once, right? Like, at any given yeah, time? Yeah, more, more than that, depending on what the, you know, pickup is. Yeah, we're doing I mean, a lot because we're working yeah. on pre and post at the same time. Gotcha. So an episode that we shipped overseas months ago, we're getting back while we're also working on pre-production still for newer episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so like season four was 16 half hours. So that's 32, 32 episodes all I'm, overlapping. Yeah. I'm stressed out just, just <laughs> hearing about this. this is so much. So like, what are your jobs individually? Jackie, you want to go, you want to go first? Sure. So I guess my main responsibility would be to, of course, deliver the show on time mm-hmm. and on budget. So gotcha. that's shrinking down a massive amount of responsibilities into the two top mm-hmm. top line things. That's my. Also, aren't you also a voice actress? 
is an actress. <laughs> she is. Oh yeah, she full is. time. No, I mean I've done some voices. Um, just because my um, I'm friends with the creators, it's not like it's not like a oh, career. It's a okay. it's a friendship thing. I think they think, oh yeah, your voices. But you know, like Rebecca gave me a, a role um, on the show of Dahlia, mm-hmm. so um, that was really neat. But it's just little, you know, little one-off things. Although Pacifica was a that was kind of a bigger um, on Gravity Falls. That was you know she was she was in a lot of yeah, yeah episodes yeah. and stuff. And Susan Strong, she had her from islands had the yeah from yeah, Adventure yeah. Time had a big thing. But but again, that's just because I think the creators are kind and. Like let's throw let's throw old Jackie a bone right here. Yeah. I'm sure people who are like were trying to get into voice acting are like, oh yeah, just a little thing on Cartoon Network. Yeah, it's, it's just really a cool. little, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is that's cool. Yeah. yeah, like that's amazing. Yeah, uh, Lisa, what about you? Um, I do a lot of organizing and managing amongst the crew, making sure deadlines are met, making sure we're shipping things on time, making sure everything is shipped in a timely manner. Yeah, I organize a lot of the recording sessions, do a lot of emailing back and forth with agents and talent managers. And that's that's a broad general <laughs> description yeah. of what I do. You're doing more work than me. I mean, never, <laughs> never. Maybe I should try to beef up my uh, my responsibilities. I don't have the voice <laughs> acting though. No. <laughs> I'm not famous. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah. Uh, so what what kind of uh, what's the most challenging episodes you guys think that have uh, challenging in terms of production? Because everything is going so fast paced, um, mm-hmm. it's like they're all for some reason or another, like really challenging. Right. Even, yeah. even the episodes that are supposed to be like the smaller bottle episodes. And um, I, I thought, is there a better way to rephrase this of more of like, what's my favorite episode? That one's easier to answer. I don't, I don't know as far as what's challenging. It's like, I would say right now we're in a pretty challenging stretch of episodes that we're working on. Right. But we can't very, say what, we can't they, say what yeah. they are, right. but, but, yeah. but it's hard, but it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. What are your favorites then? Yeah. Um, well, my favorite is Mr. Greg, which is nominated for yes. an uh, Emmy. Congrats. Um, yes. That's my favorite just because I love musicals so much. And mm-hmm. yeah. And I hope it wins. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I love Mr. Greg as well. I would probably say my favorite is Mindful Education. That's oh, another good one. Yeah. yeah. That's a good but one. But I love Mr. Greg. So, but a special then, place. But then, like, heart. those aren't. Those are, you know, people see them as like the big episodes, but are they more challenging to make from your end than other episodes then? It's when design count and, and um, well, revisions and, I mean, they those were very high. Yeah. But every, every show, it's everybody putting in 110%. So it's just, it feels like every show, the revisions and the design counts and things. So I, I don't know, like they're all... Gosh, I try to pinpoint it down to even a group. I know it feels right now like we're in a stretch that's like very challenging would be the nice word for it. You know, because yeah. like, every, everybody's, you know, whew, tearing their hair out. But this high pressure is something that we were so accustomed to of mm-hmm. the of very, very high pressure. You see the show and how it looks in comparison to anything else that's out there. There's nothing like it. And you can see the amount of, I don't know, detail and work and... Yeah, the amount of heart. And heart, yeah. and blood, and of sweat, love. tears. <laughs> so... Is it weird seeing the, the finished episodes? Like, can you enjoy them without thinking about, you know... 
I went through nine months. Oh, <laughs> we usually end up seeing them quite a few times before before right. they air. Uh, especially, I, I oh, I forgot to mention, I do a lot of post production stuff. Yeah, um, I end up seeing them multiple times in different stages gotcha. uh, when it comes back from mm. our overseas studios. So I've seen it quite a few times before it airs, but. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's just fun to watch it and enjoy it. And yeah, I feel I was going to say almost not not disconnected, but I don't know what the word would be when it comes and you finally see the finished product. I just kind of forget about the history of how right, how yeah. we got that finished product, and then it's, and just say, it's oh, thing. it's so it turned out so cute. Oh, Stephen and Ivy did uh, did such a great job. Oh, yeah, this music, yeah. it's so good. And but uh, I don't go back and go, oh boy, I remember that we were late yeah. and, you know, the overseas studio was upset with us yeah. and you kind of, or maybe I'm just suppressing it or <laughs> yeah. I don't know. it's going to come out later. Suppressing I, memories. <laughs> I got you. I got a lot you. of times, a lot of times we try to watch it together as a crew when it airs on TV. And so I think we're able to kind of just take a step back and all enjoy it and just be happy with the final product. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Thank you guys so much for talking to me today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. This is a nice break from our day. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mackenzie. So now that we have a better understanding of the different stages of Steven production and the journey a single episode takes to get to all of us fans, let's find out more about the animation process with animatic editor Lauren Hecht and animation director Nick DeMeo. They're coming up next. Okay, we're back in the writer's room at Steven Universe Podcast. I'm Mackenzie Atwood, and with me are Lauren Hecht, the animatic editor for Steven Universe, and Nick DeMeo, the animation director for Steven Universe. Thank you guys so much for being here with me. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so can you tell us a little bit about what your jobs are uh, on the crew? Want to start with Lauren? Um, so animatic editing... Um, you it's the the part of the process where the boards and the audio come together for the first time and we're literally building a blueprint for the rest of production mm-hmm. so we're getting the rough timing down we're pretty much making sure the scenes are the right length so that when it goes over to Nick he gets to fill in everything all of like the beautiful details that you see on the show gotcha. so might yeah it's just a rough blueprint and you know it's a way to see if jokes are landing if we're over explaining things if we're under explaining things so it's a really cool place to be right yeah and what about you nick oh yeah exactly just like you uh lauren explained um if she's worried about the blueprint and taking care of the walls i'm taking care of everything that's in each and every room and making sure that it's all accounted for so in short I have to make everything move. Gotcha. He's the interior decorator. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. Something along those lines. But, I mean, the bottom line is whatever it is in the shot, whether it's twinkling stars or a flickering fire or the characters talking and acting, a prop moving, um, a glimmer, uh, smoke dissipating out of the tailpipe of a car, (laughs) wheels turning... If it moves, I have to make it move, give those directions and right, notes like, to the animators. Gotcha. So you like write out the amount of frames or whatever it frame, takes? And- frame by frame. Yeah. We, we have, I work on exposure sheets, which in a nutshell are, in paper form, a roll of film. Each 
frame gotcha. is accounted for. I had not thought. I, I've seen the exposure sheets, but I had not thought of it in that way. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. So you have to write. You have to write out everything. That seems like it would take forever. <laughs> I have a great team. Yeah. And um, and Lauren's work is extremely vital to what we do to make this move along very efficiently. Yeah, well, Nick gives me lots of credit, and it's wonderful working with him. We're a team. So what was your background from before you guys started working in production? I started out working at Titmouse, which oh, is yeah. um, in Hollywood, and I worked pretty much everything I learned about animation. I learned from them. I worked with some amazing editors, producers, artists, and you know, a lot of people are actually over here now. It's like Titmice have gone everywhere. <laughs> and... Um, they just gave me a really great foundation and seeing how the entire pipeline works really helps with my job because animatic editing is still a little bit undefined within the industry because it's so new. Yeah, it's like I learned that yesterday. It's oh, new. Yeah. So, I mean, still kind of trying to figure out where we fit in with everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, knowing every part of the process really does help facilitate that. Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, because I had worked as final picture editor, I've worked as... I've I've been a production coordinator. I've helped with revisions and stuff. I've been a colorist. So it's, you know, just kind of seeing how it affects everybody throughout the pipeline helps me do my job that much better. What about you, Nick? Um, That's a really lengthy question (laughs) for me. I've been in the business for a while, and uh, I have worked in pretty much every department in animation, (laughs) Um, starting as a layout artist on Beavis and Butthead years ago. But uh, I... You know, if we're talking about Steven Universe, I am very thankful and uh, see the benefits of having an animatic editor Mm -hmm. because I remember directing shows before we had animatics. We were working right right off of an audio cassette. And um, it, you know, it just makes the job a little bit more difficult. Right, yeah. But the reason why I'm able to do what I do on this show is because of the animation experience that I've had uh, through the years. So I, I'm literally like cataloging different actions and everything in my head as I'm writing them down. I'm like, okay, I remember once I did this thing where the head, it was a suspenseful head turn and it took this many frames and blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know, I'm, I'm using all that real world experience to put into what I write down on the sheets. That's so much. Like <laughs> I, I, mem- I remember having the portable tape player at my desk. <laughs> You know, fast forward, rewind, fast forward, rewind. That, that standing makes up, me cringe. <laughs> standing up, standing up in my office and acting out the parts. Well, that sounds awesome. With a stopwatch and figuring out how many, you know, seconds it took. And then right. break And then breaking that down into frames. Cool. But, I mean, in terms of other departments, I've done um, uh, character design, um, storyboards, layouts, which is a more refined uh, stage of the storyboard process where you're breaking things down into levels. Each thing, each prop character background Mm -hmm. has its own level, and that gets handed off to the animators. That process still exists, except it's being done in Korea now. Gotcha. Um, What else have I done? I've done backgrounds. It's interesting. Color. I didn't know you guys both did the um, the art side of things too. That's really cool. Like, oh I yeah, I mean, guess that gives you a lot of perspective too when you're coming into the production, right? Yeah. Well, it's also like um, working final picture editing, mm-hmm. like actually seeing on the back end how long it took or how much time you have to shave off helps right. in animatic get, for timing. So that's when you get the the animation back from Korea, right? Yep. Yeah, and you have to make sure it's 
Well, actually, most of the Precisely stuff... 11 minutes, right? I had only worked on one thing that had gone to Korea before coming to Cartoon Network. Gotcha. Everything else had been done in-house. So, I mean, gotcha. I could go down the, the row of desks and go to an animator and be like, hey, can you add, like, three frames onto this? <laughs> or... And now you can't do that anymore, exactly. Mm-hmm. It takes a little more effort. That's yeah. cool. So, so like, what kind of... Um, when you're working on an episode, what kind of stuff would make your job more difficult or easier like do you have specific examples from episodes that have come out that's a really tough question because every episode is so different because i mean we do a lot of music in the show and a lot of the board artists have timed out things which is really fun to work with because a lot of the board artists are animators also so they'll actually animate their sections and then i get to go in and just take one frame here two frames there change up a camera move then we'll see like, oh, actually the voice actress or voice actor has actually set it faster or slower. So you get to kind of change the movements around. Mm-hmm. So when we have the animatic, it's almost like looking at a final thing before it's ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd say every episode is so different because sometimes, you know, we'd have to change up something with the story or some dialogue or something just didn't hit correctly. And it's like, okay, now that we can see this all together, what's really going to make it sing? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what episodes have been your favorites to work on or like also just to watch? Oh my gosh, the Sugalite episode. What? Oh, Coach Steven. Yeah, Coach yeah. Steven. I remember that was one of the first DD songs I put together. <gasps> and I would oh. literally come into work every day and play that song before I would start working. That's just, true. And I would sing along to it. It's I would like, pop into your office and you would be singing it? Yeah. Well, it's like, <laughs> I'm really glad I have a door because I'll just have like karaoke sessions with myself in there. I believe it. And Those songs. Oh man, yeah. It was, I couldn't believe how beautiful her voice was. I'm like, I just need to hear this every day. Yeah. But I really also, I loved working on Steven and the Stevens. That episode, we had to cut a lot of stuff out. And I remember it was just like trimming, 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 just going through the episode a bajillion times, trying to trim out all of these tiny little things. And when the crab comes through the door, or it's uh, trying to leave the house, and Steven says something like, after you, or that was, we were so close to time. And they're like, yeah, maybe we should take that out. I'm like, no, we must keep that crab. That was, and then I remember, because that was still pretty early on for Steven. And then um, we were watching episodes um, in the, like, the little living room area here. Mm -hmm. And the promo had, you know, Steven opening the door for the crab. I was just like, yeah. It had so to happy. be there. It had to be there. I and I believe that was a Joe. That was a Joe gag. That right? yeah, because that was a Joe and Jeff board. Yeah, and I yeah, I think that was a Joe. And it was little things like that that helped shape the character. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know. I remember uh, there was a there was a lobster like in that sequence hanging off of Pearl's like butt <laughs> yeah. or something, and there was a page on the wiki. The Steven Universe wiki for the longest time that was just called Butt Lobster, <laughs> and it was just that lobster, and I was like. Why is That's it awesome. so specific? People like go in. It's crazy. Yeah. Like that episode had so many beautiful visual details. Yeah. I think that was another thing because you know when we're cutting down time for episodes in animatic, sometimes we'll crop out different pieces from different boards. So we'll take little details from one section and put it onto a different one just in order to consolidate some timing. Right. And yeah, I I love with that. You know, sometimes the more detailed the board is, the more you get to go in and just kind of manipulate little pieces and you know kind of hide little jokes in. Yeah, that's awesome. So Nick, what what about you? What are your faves? I'm going to say the one that jumps out at me right now is Mr. Greg. Classic. Um, 
because that's when things are starting to get like really theatrical. And that episode is one of my favorites. It's a standout. Also. I mean, I Same. remember, I remember favorite. sitting in the uh, the storyboard pitch, and that's all we all we had was the storyboard and Joe and Jeff just acting it out frame by frame, and it was uh, you knew that it was just going to be extremely special. It, that being said, it's very hard to pick a, um, a favorite episode because each has their own purpose and strength, and I value so many of them right but uh you know the one that jumps out at me is mr greg awesome well thank you guys so much for talking to me absolutely yeah no problem so coming up i've got steven universe creator rebecca sugar back on the show to talk about how she put the crew universe together and some of the challenges she faced and she'll let us in on the creative process how she and the writers come up with storylines for each season and how they work in everyone's distinct personalities and backgrounds Okay, guys, we're back again. Thank you so much for coming with me. Uh, Rebecca Sugar is here in the writer's room with me. Thank you so much for, for being with me today. Yeah, of course. Yeah, awesome. Okay, let's let's jump right into it. Um, So so we've been talking a lot about how uh, episodes are made and sort of the, the teamwork that goes into that. And so I was wondering, from your perspective as the uh, executive producer, like, since the, the crew makes the show, you know, like, that's... I think you said that in, like, the art book, I think, is, like, um, mm-hmm. the crew makes the show, but also the crew, like, makes the show. So, like, what do you look for when you're trying to get people to come work on your show? Like, what do you... I mean, I'm looking for people who just love cartoons, and they don't have to love the same cartoons that I love, but I just love seeing people draw from a place of extreme love. Right. Uh, in fact, I was really excited to find people who drew really different from me and mm-hmm. liked things that were really different from what I like because I the other thing that I love about seeing an artist who's just really excited about the medium for a different reason than I am is that I then get to learn from them right what got them into it what they like why they're so into the thing that they're so into uh, I think the thing that really brought us all together was just that extreme being into a thing thing right but the thing is different like for all of us yeah so that's just... been, it's been really fun uh, and then what was challenging for me was to kind of find a, a home for everything that we all loved that would be this show, which is, I think, so much of the feeling of it where it has, I know that it it has a nostalgic quality, but it also doesn't because it's a big pastiche of all these things that we all liked, but kind of not just that we liked, but the way that we liked them mm-hmm. and the reason we liked them. And they're all just brought together into this one thing that's not like any of those things because all of those things didn't have pieces of the other things right yeah right so it uh that's been exciting to me like early on talking to different staff members also i mean i just love there are people whose work i loved and i didn't know where they were getting their influence from you know and then i i ended up learning that from them and now you do yeah that's awesome and some of us were coming from being huge fans of anime uh and then some of us we're coming from being big comic book fans, uh, you know, into like Sam Keith and the Max and, and uh, American cartoons, Canadian cartoons. I think that was really the the one thing that had to be true. So you just right. you had to have that extreme love for something. Yeah. So when you were you were, you were getting people out of the crew, did you think a lot about like that diversity of the perspectives and stuff like that? Like, did you intentionally be like, I want to find people who are from different backgrounds than me like to yes like, yes who are into different things specifically like definitely definitely that was really important to me and also that we were all that we all had really different 
sort of childhoods that we wanted mm-hmm. to talk about and that these things meant different things to us during our childhood. Right. Because you could both be a, a fan of the same thing, like you said, but like enjoyed in a totally different way, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then that's really exciting to talk mm-hmm. about too. Right, yeah. I love that. Um, so like when you were going into Steven Universe, did you have, uh, I know that you have talked about um, the way that you interact with the studios overseas and like um, the production decisions you make to give them more flexibility in their animation. Was that something that you came into, St- were you like, I want to make a show and I want to make it this way and... Like, was that a motivating factor for when you were starting out? I mean, because we're a board-driven show, the the visuals of the show are so crucial to the story. You can't separate the art from the writing because mm-hmm. the art and the writing are done by the same yeah, they're, artists they're and writers. And, same, yeah. and then it was really important to me to have the show have the flexibility to reflect different the different artists' art styles on the show, especially because we were all coming from those different places of love. Right. So, you know, in the in the hands of Raven, the characters look completely different than they do in the hands of Lamar mm-hmm. uh, and that is incredible to me and I wanted to make sure that that would be true all the way through the process that right. they would never be conformed mm-hmm. I mean the show is not it's not about conformity it's yeah. just not yeah you know and it, that's not what the team is like that's not what the execution is like yeah. every stage of the process reflects that where the individuality of these characters of who's drawing them of who's animating them should always be able to shine through right you don't want to be like we're gonna have this show all about like love and acceptance that we're going to have, but you have to draw in this way exactly. And if you don't, then like I totally get, yeah, I right. That's it, brilliant. Yeah. The whole thing has to be flexible. I think, um, you know, I, when I got a chance, the first time I got to go uh, talk to my animation directors in Korea, I also got a sense of what they were really excited about and into mm-hmm. uh, my team at Sunmin. They're big Ghibli fans and they oh, love Shin Chan nice. and like just the, types of toys they have around the office it's all very specific does it look like like the the office here too kind of like the same sort of vibe a, a little different it, it reminded me more of uh i was working in new york before this oh, gotcha. uh, well at least um sunman is like a little smaller of a studio it reminded me a little bit of new york studios gotcha where uh, there's like less space and yeah 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 everyone's sort of everyone's close together uh-huh. everyone everyone has like their all of their stuff <laughs> all of their inspiration nearby uh, that was exciting. And then Rough Draft is, is very different, um, is bigger. Uh, but also, like, I got a, ch- a chance to talk to my directors there. And I know Director Lee is really interested in the backgrounds on the show. And he loves, like, Samurai Jack backgrounds. So, oh, cool. Uh, we were talking about that for a while. And I, I just want to get a chance to, especially because I get to different episodes go to different studios. So I want to make sure that the directors are directing episodes that they're interested in as to the best of my ability. Okay, cool. Yeah. So like, um, coming from an art background, was it difficult to like sort of take on the role of, of being a leader of this whole production? Like, was that a tough transition for you? Yeah. I I think the hardest thing is that I don't get to spend a lot of time sitting down and drawing, right? which is my favorite thing to do. It's the thing yeah. that I love to do. It's why I wanted to do this in the yeah. first place was to draw. So I actually, and for years it's been like this, but I will uh, take scenes home to draw into on the weekends gotcha. and, and at night because that's the only time I actually get to draw. Because you're not, yeah, um, I gotcha. So whenever drawings of mine pop up in the show, I did not do them during the workday. <laughs> Because I don't have time to draw during the work day. Just go in. Yeah, I got you. Um, But I still get a chance to. And the thing that I get to do more than ever is talk about 
how exciting it would be to draw this or that thing right and all day yeah. i just don't get to actually do it uh, <laughs> unless i unless i take it home <laughs> it's a uh, so that part's really fun i mean i love just being excited about these stories all the time and the writing part is really really exciting and then also the the actual execution of everything post-production the details of animation i mean mm-hmm. there's still a lot i can do i th- i think show creators aren't always animators but i'm an animator so i get to i think some people don't really participate in the actual like post-production process in the way that i do but i get to be in the room you know pulling out frames so that punches hit faster uh you know slowing things down or speeding them up so gotcha. that animation works more more like i wanted to on a frame-by-frame basis which i wish i had more time to do more of but at least the little bit i do get to do is is really uh important to me right so you're really that that's also I didn't know you were you were you're so involved in that that post production aspect of going in and yeah that's well, really cool. My directors are really involved too. Um, Joe and Kat, mm-hmm. you know, do they lock the episodes and they're doing things like that all the time. So I'll I'll pop in and put finishing touches on things. Gotcha. Or I I'm lucky because my team is outrageously talented. Yeah, uh, and I trust them with a lot. That's awesome. Um, so like, what kind of stuff do you guys, you, you put the trust in your team, like what kind of stuff do you guys do? Do you go like on retreats? Do you like when you're coming up with ideas for future stuff, like how do you, how do you get those ideas out? Well, in terms of future ideas, we have, we do have writer retreats, like be about once a year, like before we'll start a season, all of the writers and boarders will get together and we'll play games and we'll just talk about our goals and and I'll I'll probably I'll usually have a vague idea of of what I want to do. Well, sometimes not so vague. I think towards, towards, <laughs> the, towards the later season it started getting really specific. Right. Um, but I'll be like I want you know this is my plan for this and this is my plan for this. But then I'll run it by everybody and then everybody will weigh in and then we'll take a break and like play some games and then we'll go back to like really right. hashing it out. I think every time we have a massive writers meeting like that and these things will take one or two days. I usually come out of it with one or two ideas that are so crucial that it's hard to imagine they we didn't have them to begin with. Yeah. Do you have any examples of that? Well, I mean, I do, but they'd be spoilers. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess don't... one of them is actually the kindergarten. Amethyst's origins in the kindergarten came from a writer's meeting. Oh, so it was... And, and Stevani did, too. Gotcha. Um, the idea that we all knew Stephen would fuse, but the idea that Stephen would be able to fuse with humans was... Raven's idea. It wasn't necessarily which human or how it would happen, uh, but that concept ended up becoming Stevani in the show. That was nice. from a writer's meeting. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, I think that that's really cool, the the, the chemistry you guys have together as a team. Do you, I, I think that's, that's all I got. Thank you so much for coming and talking to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's our show for this week. Thanks again to creator Rebecca Sugar and Crewniverse members Jackie Buscarino, Lisa Zunich, Lauren Hecht, and Nick DeMeo for the great look at what it takes to get an episode made from start to finish. And coming up next Thursday, we're going to be talking with some of Steven Universe's biggest fans who have gone on to contribute to the show. And we also welcome very special guest and fellow Steven fan, Thomas Sanders. And good news! Rebecca Sugar has agreed to come back for our last episode of the season to answer your questions. So make sure to get them into my Twitter at MKAtwood or tweet them to the Cartoon Network official Twitter. And use the hashtag StevenUniversePodcast. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button for the Steven Universe Podcast, you can do that at Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. 
Make sure to leave us a five-star rating and a review while you're there. And thanks to everyone for hanging out with us. I'm Mackenzie Atwood, and I'll see you next Thursday.